It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Raptors is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on Thursday with Vivek Jacob and Katie Heindel to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 929 of Lockdown Raptors for Tuesday, April the 20th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Lockdown Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've got a ton of great stuff for you right now, including our Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, a huge project that we're doing over on the NFL side of things uh, in concert with Odyssey Sports. We've got a wonderful lineup of our local experts offering picks uh, throughout the draft. We have picks 1 through 11, I believe, posted uh, to this point. And of course, we've got a bunch of experts from the Odyssey Sports family as well, including Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger. It's a wonderful roster of experts and analysts and all that going on over on the Ultimate Mock Draft. So go and subscribe, follow that podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's very appreciated. It's a very fun and enormous titanic effort that uh, is definitely worth tuning into if you're a football fan. Okay, on today's show, I'm joined by a very exciting guest, someone who's new to the Toronto Raptors family in a way as well. Uh, joining me on the show is the host of the Courtside Moms podcast and the mother of Kem Birch, the newest Toronto Raptor. It is Wendy Sparks. Wendy, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Sean. I feel so blessed to be here with you today. Very, very excited to have you and uh, to kind of dig into the Kem Birch story. You know, he, I think, has become a fast fan favorite. He's played quite well. He's starting games in his first few uh, or a couple of weeks with the Raptors here. I guess my first question for you, Wendy, is, you know, Kem talked about when he was signed by the team, how he was a Raptors fan growing up. And, you know, obviously being from Canada, it's the only team in the country. I'm curious, you know, for you, what is it like for you to see Kem now playing for the hometown team, as it were, even though it's not Montreal? Don't worry, I'm not conflating the two. I know that's dangerous to do, but, um, you know, to be playing in Toronto, playing in Canada, you know, what do you think that means for both for you and for Kem as well? Well, first of all, I, I, I love what you're saying. Not really our hometown. Well, I laugh because when Kem and I were talking about the fact that now he's um, is on the Raptors, I said, everybody's saying welcome home. And he says, well, it's really not home, mom, but you know what I mean, right? And I laughed and I said, yeah, well, right now the country is your home. So welcome home, Kim. And he was just laughing about it. So it's just fantastic. We're both so elated because I remember as when he was a kid, we would watch games um, 
and the Raptors came along. I believe Kim was three um, when the Raptors, um, I believe their first season in 95 and Kim was three. So he grew up watching them because at that point now we were always watching the Raptors. And I remember him saying, you know, I want to play basketball one day and I want to play for the Raptors. It was just normal to assume that's the team that you're going to want to play for because you're representing your country. And to think now, 25 years later, it's like, oh, my God, like you're actually a Raptor. You're actually playing on this team. So I'm a strong believer in speak it into existence. And it's definitely going to happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I'm curious. I'm same age as Kem, a 92 myself and similarly aged kind of growing up throughout those years. And look. Not very good teams, Wendy. Uh, it was a pretty dark time there outside of the couple years where Vince got them in the playoffs. And I'm curious for you kind of watching Kem's evolution as a basketball fan. You know, he kind of said that he was just as engaged and insane and kind of went through those really dark periods with the team along with everybody else, as you might expect as a young Raptors fan. Um, are there any... We don't want to embarrass Kem or anything like that. Uh, but or you feel free to say what you want. But, you know, I'm curious... Do any moments of like insane diehard fandom stand out to you? Any moments where, you know, a missed shot had Kem in in tears? And I'm saying this as someone who after missed shots was often in tears as a young sports fan. Um, Do you have any of those uh, instances, any examples of Kem's rabid Raptors fandom from an early age? Um, Well, Kem was that kid that would just run around the house and just I guess, pick up a pair of socks and that's his basketball, right? So <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I thought it was just cute. You know what I mean? You're just at that point, you're as a little kid, you know, you want to throw it and you swish, you know what I mean? And that's so important. And when mm-hmm. you don't swish, you know what I mean? It's just devastating. <laughs> and I used to laugh at him and I used to say, work on your game and it'll come. And <laughs> and look at him now, years later and it came, right? So yeah, I'm hoping my- I'm hoping my dunking on the the door frame when I'm walking underneath the door is going to lead to me in the NBA one day. There's still holding out hope for that. We'll see. Um, well, Tim <laughs> couldn't do that because he was taller than the door frame. So <laughs> if he were to run in his room and jump, he would knock himself out. So, <laughs> so that yeah, never you don't happened. Want that. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, Go outside. <laughs> So I know from listening to your podcast, Courtside Moms, uh, you, I, if I'm recalling correctly, were a Bulls fan, sort of stepped up in the Michael Jordan of it all um, during, you know, the the 80s, 90s, whatever it was. I'm curious, did you kind of morph into being a a more sort of rabid Raptors fan? Obviously, you're supporting the team like crazy now with Ken playing for the team. But um, what was your relationship to the team like? With Oh, my relationship with the team is fantastic. You know what? I'm just so blessed that he's there now Mm -hmm. and I'm being welcomed myself by staff and, and the families, which, which is nice because you never know what's going to happen when you're, when your child moves somewhere Mm -hmm. new, you don't know how you're going to be received. And since he's been here, it's been nothing but love. And I absolutely just adore it. Just today, maybe half an hour ago, I was getting text messages from other mothers, from other teams. And they're saying, you know, we're so, we feel so blessed for you because your son is finally back in your country. How do you feel about that? And like I'm saying to you, it's just, I'm so elated. I have to ask you, Wendy, the Raptors played Kem's Magic in the playoffs in 2019. 
Were there any tensions, any split allegiances when that series was going on? Obviously, you want Kem to win. You were supporting Kem, but of course, you got the Raptors there too. Uh, <laughs> any uh, any ten- any split jerseys? Uh, you stitching together a Raptors and a Magic jersey together? What was the uh, the the cheering situation during that series in 2019? That actually, that series was actually fantastic. And, I, and I'll tell you this, that actually was the last time I saw Kim, November 20th, 2019, at a, when the Magic plagued the Raptors. So around that time, um, I remember going to the games and I went, people asked me, hey, can you come sit with us and we'll all get tickets together. And they were Raptors fans. <laughs> <laughs> And we were rivaling through the whole game and it just made it so exciting and so fun. I mean, I'm Canadian, right? So by heart, of course, I'm cheering for the Raptors. But let me tell you, everybody knew that I was a magic mom. The whole place (laughs) knew. And on that game on November 20th, I was actually sitting courtside. (laughs) So, (laughs) and I was sitting right behind Nav, the super fan. So it was even funnier because during the game, he and I were laughing at the whole thing because when the Magic scored, everybody knew. When the Raptors scored, everybody knew because the both of us were so loud. (laughs) So, you know what? I just love it. I'm so proud as a Canadian to support the Raptors. And of course, as a Magic mom at the time, I was I was all in. So that game for me, I left exhausted because I had to cheer for every basket. I just can't yeah, know that, but I did. There's, there's, <laughs> I don't think he's a listener of the podcast, so I think you're in the clear. Um, what <laughs> other Raptors note, Wendy, I wanted to run by you. So you uh, recently did an episode of your podcast, I think in November, I think it was. Uh, it might have been more recent than that. I'm losing track of dates. What is time or or, <laughs> or anything right yeah. now? But um, you did an, a, a podcast where you were the interview subject. You were interviewed by Xanthia uh, mm-hmm. Reddish, Ken Reddish's mom. And yeah. you were kind of talking about Kem's arc and sort of his road to the NBA, which is obviously, you know, we know by now is, is quite circuitous. You know, he goes, plays for two different schools. He transfers from Pitt to UNLV. He ends up in Turkey, Greece, then finally back in the NBA. Uh, but you were detailing draft night. And of course, Kem goes undrafted in his draft year. But the the sort of feeling that you got uh, as as I was listening, you got some word that maybe the 52nd pick in that draft, which was held by the Raptors, was going to be used on Kem. I, I'm curious, like, what's the emotion going through your head when that's a possibility? Obviously, there's the whole, you know, you want him to get drafted, period. But when the Raptors thing is on the table and then kind of slips away, you know, I can imagine that must have been a, a difficult thing to kind of go through. It really was. Um, it was long, first of all, because you're literally sitting there for hours and you're just praying that something comes up. Now, of course, as a player, you want to go with the top 30, right? Um, but we knew that if Ken were to be drafted, it probably would have been second round. Um, so now you get, you know, 31, 32, 33, and I'm like, oh my God. And you're calling all around the place and back and forth. And now you get to like 49 and now people are saying, well, at 49, you almost don't want to get drafted, Kim, you know, so you're just better off, you know, not bothering. But then we hear, oh, well, possibly at 52, the Raptors will pick (laughs) Kim up. Well, let me tell you, that just changed everything. The whole narrative changed now. Now it's like, yes, yes, yes. We want the Raptors. We want the Raptors. And then when they called another player, it was more devastating because now you felt, wow, you know, no other teams want 
Kim and not even the Raptors. And that's just a feeling you get at the time, right? Um, moving forward, it, it, it was accepted. But during that time, let me tell you, when 52 was called and it wasn't Kim, it was devastating. And then waiting for the other eight, wow, it was like the names were called and it just got louder and louder in my head because it just wasn't the name I wanted to hear. And then mm -hmm. funny, the draft was over and we were like, all right, plan B. But it was devastating that he wasn't called by anybody, and especially the Raptors, because at that point, he really wanted to play for the Raptors. Yeah, totally. I can totally imagine that. I want to dive into Kem's sort of arc getting to the NBA and now his move to the Raptors coming up in just one second, Wendy. But first, I uh, got to tell everybody about our friends over at Locker Room, which I know you have some experience with. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. And you have the chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on this here podcast through our Locker Room conversations repurpose that audio uh, be sure to join me this week once again i'll be joined by vivek jacob and hopefully katie heindel this thursday for a little mailbag action in the afternoon early evening similar to last week we'll get the time hammered down throughout the week go download the free locker room app right now on all ios devices be sure to create a profile link your twitter and join the league group that you want to be part of nfl mlb and of course nba for the latest updates follow me at sean woodley it's the reverse of my twitter handle at woodley sean and get notified notified when my room goes live and you don't want to miss it it's going to be awesome and again this week hopefully thursday late afternoon early evening with Vivek and katie we will be there on locker room see you there locker room is changing the way we talk about sports Today's show is also brought to you by rockauto.com, who are changing the way you think about paying for things at the mechanic. You're not, instead of paying, you know, a full freight for a part that you might need at the mechanic, where they're not going to try to save you any money, rockauto.com is offering parts for 50, 30, 70% off what you would normally pay. It's an awesome place. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They're catalog at rockauto.com is super easy to navigate it's really quick you quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brand specifications and most importantly the prices that you prefer and best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the exact same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com all right, Wendy, let's uh, continue on here on that thread that we left off before the break um, and Kem's sort of road to the NBA. You know, he played in the G League. Uh, I believe it was the Sioux Falls Sky Force that he played for for a little bit. Ended up uh, signing in Turkey and then Greece, then coming back to the Orlando Magic. You know, what's it like as the mother of a player who... As we just talked about, he was disappointed not to get drafted. There's the the possibility of going to the Raptors, which kind of adds to the disappointment on draft night. You know, how do you sort of help guide Kem through the next little while of in, in the next few years of his career as he's kind of going from place to place? You know, was the NBA dream kind of given up on at any point or was it always sort of the goal to come back and, you know, apply the trade overseas and then make their way back to the NBA? You know, how did that process go? And as a mother sort of guiding a guy through that and that disappointment, what was it like for you? The goal was always to come back um, to the league, always. So 
I kept saying to Cam, you know, it's not a bad thing that you're playing in the G League and then you're going overseas. And he didn't think it that way. He was just so blessed to still be able to play the sport that he grew to love. He just knew that, you know what, I'm put in these different positions because it's going to help me develop and grow. So he took that on and he made sure that everywhere he went, he gained some type of experience. And as did I, because I had to learn now the G League platform. I had to learn now, okay, hold on. What does it mean to go overseas? What are the contracts like? Where are you going to live? What is it like with the embassy? What happened? Should something happen? So that was what I needed to learn. He, I just wanted him to focus on, you get on that court and you do everything you know how to do and you do it well. You're playing all these minutes. You make sure that every single time you step on the court that it counts. And that's exactly what he did. And I had to focus on other things because I always knew that he wanted that next level. So I was always there to help um, if need be. And I think that was important because I didn't want him to focus on the negative. Um, it's like focus on the positive. And it really worked well for Cam. He was okay in Turkey. He was happy in Turkey. Uh, it was at the beginning, it was weird because now he's in a totally different country, doesn't understand the language. You know what I mean? But then he moves forward, he goes to Greece, same situation. But you know what? I said to Cam, you're learning different cultures at the same time. So it's helping you develop into this young man. And he and he loved his experience. And we used to compare the difference between the G League and, and Turkey and and uh, and Greece. And I used to ask him all the time, what's the difference? And he used to say just the skill level. And he was blessed that he was able to learn more and more. What they do in Turkey isn't the same as they do in Greece. Definitely not the same they do in the G League. So he was able to use all of that and then just build it as much as he could. And then one day he got that call and he had the option now to, do I stay in Greece because I'm guaranteed or do I take my chances and do I move forward and go to where I wanted to go from the start? Mm -hmm. And his whole thing was all about faith. And he said, I'm out. Let me do this because this is what I want. And it had nothing to do with um, the team in Greece. It was just his vision was the NBA and he took his opportunity and he said, if it doesn't work, I know that I have a platform uh, that'll be waiting for me in Europe if, if it doesn't work in the NBA. And that's what it is now. So for me, I'm always that his biggest fan, his biggest supporter, whatever needs to be done, I'm definitely going to do. I mean, it's worked out, uh, so yeah. that's lovely to see. Um, obviously, a big contract yeah. here for him, and I want to get to that in a sec. But um, you know, he spends his nearly four years with Orlando, um, you know, a team that had a lot of bigs. It's kind of their thing. Is you know, we have five or six bigs at all time on this team, and you know, I can imagine the competition for playing time was tight and and, and all that, and you know. I kind of want to pivot this into the comments that Kem made upon signing with mm -hmm. the Raptors about Orlando and how, you know, they kind of saw him as this raw sort of energy type big and didn't really do much to sort of massage the other skills that were there. And we're already seeing, you know, pretty quickly into his Raptors tenure here. There's a lot there. You know, he can put the ball on the deck a little bit. He has been stretching it out, shooting some threes, which is fun to see. Uh, nearly, yeah. like, I think he's only two threes away from matching his career Orlando total in like six to five games with the Raptors. So that's nice. Um, you know, we're seeing him 
you know, a little bit of playmaking here and there, you know, passes on the roll, things like that. And of course, the defensive side of the ball, I think, was always kind of assumed he was very good at that side of the ball. And if those Magic teams did anything, it was defend well and teach guys how to defend. So he kind of brings that to a team that was lacking that from the center position as well. I'm curious, you know, it's obviously only been five games with Toronto and it's been a weird sort of season where the Raptors are not even playing in Toronto. Things are up and down. Nothing really makes any sense. But, you know, it, it seems as though... Kem is getting to flex his muscles a little bit more and try some things maybe outside of the comfort zone that Orlando never really got him to go out of. You know, are you finding that? Has Kem talked to you about that at all? Just from watching him, does it feel like he's kind of spreading his wings a little bit? Oh, for sure. Um, You know, every team has different expectations from their players. And Kem understood his role with the Magic and what they wanted him or needed him to do. Um, for me, I look at Kem as this underrated player that has the ability to do more. Um, and he does more now, um, than what he was able to show before in the past. Mm -hmm. So I think with him, he's able to do things. He's able to show who Kem Birch is, right? He's, he's, He's that guy that has that passion. He has good vision to see what's going on in the game. He has the ability to read and understand what's happening on the court. He's more involved in the plays now, um, where, in my opinion, with the Magic, he just screen and screen and screen some more. And a lot of pick and rolls, right? And that's all he was about, where now he's like, oh, well, I could implement this and I can also do what I've been trained or what I've been wanting to do for so long. We used to talk about him shooting threes. Hmm. And I said, well, do you practice that? He's like, I do. I said, well, you don't do it in a game. And he's like, well, the play just doesn't call for me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day talking to him, I'm like, who cares? Just do it. (laughs) And he did. And he made the three and we started laughing about it after I'm like, Kim, you have the ability. Just don't, um, don't feel that you don't have that confidence, right? Because if you're telling people you don't have the confidence to do it, they're going to believe you. Hmm. So now he's with the rappers, he's happy, and now he's willing to try and do more. There's no holding him back. I said, Cam, you'll only know what you could do in a game setting when you do it in a game setting, not the same thing in practice. And this is who he is now, and this is what he's doing. So I'm so proud of him. Yeah, I, um, you know, that's kind of been the Raptors thing in recent years where they just, they don't really put, caps on guys it's like hey try this thing if it works great if it doesn't then that's fine we just kind of leave that but that's their whole development model and i'm you know much like every other player who kind of comes into the raptors from whether it's another team whether it's the g league they draft them undrafted free agent whatever it might be i'm always kind of curious what the raptors can do with guys in their sort of development pipeline because it's not just limited to you know, fresh faced college guys who are 21, 22 or 18, like they are constantly kind of working with more established guys to further establish them and kind of flesh out their skill sets. And I think we're kind of seeing, honestly, a lot of guys look at Toronto or and the G League team they have there and say, hey, I want to go there because that's going to benefit me in my career going forward. And on that note, Kem is in a contract year, of course, he's going to hit under free agency this offseason. It seems as though, just from you know the implications, that this is going to be a marriage between the Raptors and Kem that lasts longer than just this 20-game or so stretch to close out the season. 
we don't want to get anyone in trouble for tampering or anything like that, Wendy, but I don't think it's tampering if uh, <laughs> if we're just talking. But, you know, do you think it's um, it's in the cards for Kem to stick around? I, I'm assuming that's just the way he's talked about playing for the Raptors and the way we've even talked on today's show. It seems like that's probably something he'd be into, but um, just sort of reading the tea leaves, do you think this is a, a partnership that's going to go well beyond this year? Absolutely. Like you were saying just a second ago that this is a marriage. Kim has no intention of divorce. <laughs> I don't think for him, he is deeply in love. So <laughs> and he's you know <laughs> he's so blessed. I mean, this is a marriage he would want to last forever. As long as he can play, I do know Kim wants to be with the Raptors. So we understand that right now free agency is coming up, but in his mind, he's all about the Raptors. So he's like, listen, I'm doing my best every time I play, every time I put on that red Jersey or the black one, I'm getting on that court and I'm doing, I'm contributing as Kim Birch and I'm doing everything I can with pride and we'll see what happens in the summertime. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I do know for a fact that he has no intent to leave. Like in his mind, they're, they're like, what other teams? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's the other 29 right now. No disrespect, but that's not what he's trying to do. If it, You know what I mean? That's not the mm-hmm. direction he wants to go. Like, why would he want all this just for a couple of months? It just doesn't right. make sense. Right. So we're praying that that's what happens but I do know his intent is to be a Raptor forever. That's uh, that's great to hear. Music to my ears. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching him play so far. And it means we'll get uh, you on the podcast more often, potentially going forward, too, yeah. which would be great. <laughs> um, I do want to get into a couple more items just before we get out sure. of here, Wendy. But first, uh, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. You've got the NBA nightly slate. You've got the NHL. You've got MLB. You've got nightly player props i believe you could probably bet on kem birch over unders for points and rebounds right now if you really wanted to at bet online they even cover awards tv shows reality tv you name it real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you could imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds and it's the best way to place your bets it's also free to sign up head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Wendy, uh, we kind of left off talking about Kem wanting to stay in Toronto. I'm curious, you know, you're you're going to get indoctrinated into Raptors Twitter pretty like pretty quickly here. I'm sure the process is already beginning. It's a special place, Wendy. Uh, it's terrifying at times, but mostly very fun. Um, the sort of prevailing sentiment in the last couple of years has been sort of, and with Kem making the decision to come quote unquote home as it were, even though they're still in Tampa. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he, he, that's kind of the first example of a guy sort of saying, I want to make my way back to Toronto and play for the Raptors, uh, you know, a Canadian guy 
in the league. You know, Corey Joseph came back a few years ago. Maybe you could count that as the first one. But this is the first time it seems like it's been expressly said by the player. No, no, no. I want to go there. I'm curious, like, do you think we could look back at Kem kind of choosing to come home being the first of many examples of Canadian guys choosing to wait like it's it's like the new Carter effect right it's like oh yeah no this is like 25 years after oh now guys are saying no 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 I'm going home and playing for the Raptors and maybe that becomes like a, a thing that you know was started by Kim Did, have you thought about that possibility yeah. do you think that's fun <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and it's so funny because we all know you don't get to pick and choose where you want to go right there's mm-hmm. not like you can call up a team and say, okay, I want to come and I'll be there on Tuesday. That's not how it works. And <laughs> yet it sort of did, right? You know, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, and, and Kevin, I laugh about it. So I'm like, you actually said, I want to play with the Raptors. I want to play for the Raptors. I want to be part of that squad. And you are. So when we do camps, and we talk to the kids and we always say, you know, share your blessings. You know, you when you get to that point um, where people are recruiting you, you know, take it all in and see where you want to go and point to that direction. And of course, leave everything open, but really focus on what you want to do and make yourself happy. And that's exactly what Ken did. So I kind of laugh about it because now it's like he's actually living up to what he told the kids at our camps. <laughs> he really is. Well, I, I personally look forward to the Raptors starting lineup in 2025 of Jamal Murray, Shea Gildas Alexander, Lou Dort, Chris Boucher, and Ken Birch. That's going to yeah. be a ton of fun. Uh, awesome. <laughs> speaking of Boucher and Dort, uh, we saw on Sunday the Raptors and Thunder game, the Montreal Bowl, as I think people are calling it, with the three of the 10 yeah. starters being from Montreal, Ken Boucher, Dort. Um, did watching that game unfold hold some special importance for you as a Montrealer? And obviously, um, you know, I- I'm not sure how many times Kem, Chris, and Lou's paths might have crossed growing up, but, you know, was there any existing relationship there uh, that sort of kind of made that night hold some extra importance? Oh, my goodness, yes. I couldn't stop um, tweeting, uh, Montreal is represented tonight. My phone was going nuts. People were calling. It was crazy. I was talking to um, Cam's coaches, um, his previous coaches, and um, of his basketball organizations that he's played. Um, and they were like, we cannot believe that this moment is here. You know what I mean? And Kim mm-hmm. and um, Chris Boucher did cross paths um, in the past. Lugens and Kim, not so much because Kim is older. Yeah. Um, but they did play for um, Brookwood Elites as the same organization. So I just love it because we're like, you know, Brookwood is like, they're, <laughs> they're creating NBA stars, right? So for that, it was bittersweet because I was talking to one of the coaches. And I'm like, oh, my God, look what's happening right now. This is it. Like, you know, what I mean? they're there. And then we were talking about Chris. They were like, the three of them are on the court at the same time. Can you believe this? I was actually taking pictures of the TV screen. Like, who does that now in 2021? But I did. And <laughs> I was just so proud. Um because Montreal, you know what I mean? It's how often do you get to hear um, kids from the same Canadian city? Mm-hmm. Just 
you don't hear of it. I mean, Toronto, yes, we know, but (laughs) (laughs) Montreal is so small, but yet the basketball community has so much talent. And that game was living proof that, you know what, to all the kids in Montreal, um, you can be where um, Lugens, Cam, and Chris were on Sunday. You can be there and just work hard and do it. So yeah, it was for me, it was a bittersweet moment. Like I, I just can't wait for them to play again. I really yeah. can't. Absolutely. It's pr- I, I'm proud. Yeah. <laughs> and all three of those guys figure to be part of the equation this offseason for Team Canada as they go to the FIBA qualifiers for the Olympics, uh late June, early July. Kem seems like he's pretty much guaranteed a spot on that team. And why wouldn't he be? He's he's quite good and he's going to be available, it seems. Obviously, the free agency question, you know, kind of weighs on guys when it comes to international play. Yeah. But as we've talked about, you know, it seems like there might be a plan in place already for where Kem's going to be next season. And Nick Nurse is the national team coach. I'm curious, did the mm-hmm. Nick Nurse relationship the national team ties obviously the raptors poll was enough on its own but uh, how much did the fact that nurse is the coach of the raptors and is there and there's that national team connection play in kem's desire to come back to toronto as well oh big time you know on march 30th i believe that was the day that kem was waived from the magic mm-hmm. and of this year 2020 march 30th kem did an article, I forgot for which platform. And on that article, he talked about how much he loved playing for Nick Nurse. Hmm. And he was talking about his time with Team Canada. He was talking about what type of coach he is and how, you know, he allowed his words, he allowed me to develop, but he allowed me to be comfortable. Hmm. Um, He allowed me to step out of my comfort zone and just see what I'm capable of doing as a, as a professional player. So for me, that day resonates. It's so much because, Hmm. and I said this to Cam, I said, look what I just found exactly a year ago today. And now look where you're going. So Nicholas has a lot to do with this, uh, with Kem's happiness and his decision to want to play because he just wanted to be seen. He didn't want to be known as that player that just doesn't shoot. You know what I mean? Though that mm-hmm. big, that, that, that doesn't shoot, you know, he doesn't really score. And I'm like, yeah, but there's so much more to the game than scoring. But Kem was always pegged as that magic player that would what have maybe six points, yeah. eight points a game. If that, And now he's able to exercise his ability to shoot more and to do more. So, and that's thanks to Nick Nurse because he allowed Kim, like I said earlier, just to be Kim. Mm -hmm. So I think for Kim, that was a big, big thing for him. Very cool. Um, Wendy, I've taken far too much of your time and I really appreciate you (laughs) sitting down and chatting. Before we go, uh, tell people about Courtside Moms, the genesis of the podcast, uh, how it came together and uh, what people can expect when they tune in. Oh, absolutely. Courtside Moms, for me, like I say, is my first, um, other than my children and my grandbabies, it's my my love. So (laughs) (laughs) this platform just makes me want to be a resource for other parents of amateur players because there's so much unknowns out there about becoming a pro player. And a lot of parents just have no idea. There's nothing out there. So I wanted to create something where 
we're just talking. I don't want something where it's structured like school. I just wanted to be able to invite another mother on and talk about her experience and what she and her son or daughter, because we do WNBA players as well and mm-hmm. G League and overseas. And the platform is for us to talk about what the experience was. How did your son or daughter get to where they are? What did you have to do to support this? What are the good and what are the bads? What to look out for? What to avoid? What to invite in? What to ask? Who to ask? And now it's cultivated such a a sisterhood amongst the mothers because now I have NCAA parents asking questions. I have NBA mothers asking me questions, WNBA overseas, and saying, hey, wait, this is what's happened. What do you suggest we do? Do you know of any buddy who can tell us or give us advice. And for me, it's absolutely, if Wendy doesn't know, I'm finding a mother who does know. Hmm. And that's the platform that I thought was so important um, to create and just let the world know who these players are really are, because you know who the players are on the court, but you have no idea how they got there. Hmm. A lot of people didn't know Cam went undrafted and how he got to where he is now. They have no idea. They just turned the TV and there he was. But how did he get there? So that's why I created um, Courtside Moms. And and it's such a blessing. And it's just growing more and more each day. I mean, I get moms of players, the superstar players. And then you get moms of the players who really grind. And those are the stories I love the most because I hear the passion in the mothers. I you know, through their sons, right? And they talk about, you know, the fact that their sons have to uh, work extra hard because they're not superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to stay in the gym longer. They have to get extra training. That's what counts because that's really the reality of the world, right? Mm-hmm. You imagine there's only 60 players that get to get drafted and there's only 450 players, right? At WNBA is the same situation. There's only 144 women that play, right? Mm -hmm. So there's only so much spots. So you really have to have really, really good talent to to eliminate everybody else that's trying to get there. So I think that this is what Courtside Moms is about. It's really giving a soft version of the truth of what it is to be um, a pro player and to maintain as a pro player for as long as you possibly can. It's a it's a lovely podcast. I was listening to a few episodes today in preparation for this. It's really really cool to get that backstory mm-hmm. of the players and a couple of recent yeah. uh, a couple of Raptors moms you've had on have on had on the show. DeAndre Bembry's yes. mom, Fred Van Vliet's mom, is yep. the most recent guest. Uh, I personally can't wait for you and the other uh, mom mom of royalty in Raptors internet circles, Marie Holloway, Kyle Lowry's mom. Yes. Up. Uh, we're rooting for that one hard. <laughs> uh, but Wendy, yes. thank you so much for taking the time. Go listen to Courtside Moms. Subscribe to it and uh, and support it. Thanks so much, Wendy. Hopefully, we can have you back again sometime. Thank you so much, Sean. It was really a blessing coming on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, uh, anytime. And uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thanks so much to everyone for tuning in. Please subscribe, rate, review, support any way you can. Tell a friend, all that good stuff. Uh, Tomorrow's episode, I believe we're going to do a deep dive on Gary Trent uh, as we continue a week with very few games and uh, having to come up with topics that are not just game recaps. It's new after the Raptors played 10,000 games in 10,001 days. So we will get to that on Wednesday. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Now go take a listen to Locked on Blue Jays 
guys. AJ Andrews covers you for the Blue Jays as they continue on their start to the season with a game in Boston tonight. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.